Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. It's a beautiful day today. It is May, um, I think it's May 15th, yeah? And uh, it's beautiful out, and it's really beginning. Summer is in full bloom here. Um, my mom was here before Pesach, during Pesach, after Pesach. The first time she was ever, or my parents, any either of them, have ever been here during Pesach, and it was really, really awesome. Uh, she brought with her some letters that I had written um, when I was a student at Hebrew University, my first experience in Israel back in 1991. And it's this big bag of airmail letters. And some of you probably remember those airmail letters, very, very thin, and you kind of fold them over each other um, and send it, it's pre-stamped. And wow, I wrote a ton. I wrote like individual letters to every member of my family practically, and often. And uh, it really was interesting to read and it gave me a lot of insight into the issues that I discuss with some of you about the students who come to my home these days when they're here for their year abroad. And I'll tell you what I mean. Um, a lot of my letters had to do with my studies. I'm learning this. I'm preparing for an exam in that. I'm writing a 15-page paper on this and that. And, you know, these students who come here, they're really in this bubble of academia and it's so you know it, it's really a shame because they're spending a year in israel they should be spending a year in israel and getting a full experience of israel not just learning like they're at any other college and that's what they get and that's what i got to um i did sign up i remember for some trips i even wrote this in my letters but i say such funny things you know i i remark on how people here eat chocolate on bread and how there's no such thing as peanut butter or jelly it's chocolate on bread and it's a spread. I'd never seen that before. And um, the different things that I asked my parents to bring me when they came, cereal and nuts and, um, you know, different things. And it's just so funny. And I sound so immature. And this is how the students are when they come here. They're like in this small little university life and they don't really get out and they don't know how to shop and they don't know how to take care of themselves. And um, they just have no idea, and I, I, you know, now I get it. And the students who do come here, really, please make every effort you can to get out. All right, we are out of time. We'll be right back after these messages. We have a great show. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. 
Joining us today is a woman I recently met when my mom was visiting. She lives down here in the south in a beautiful community of Omer. And it's a, it's a retirement community. And uh, we went to visit it for my mom. I was trying to like encourage her to make Aliyah so she could see one kind of place she might be interested in living. And we met this woman. We were connected to her by friends of friends. Her name is Cynthia Melanson. She lives there with her husband, Richard. They made Aliyah from Salt Lake City, Utah. At the end of 2015, they're retirees, very bright people. Um, I believe Cynthia was a doctor, and wow, she gave us an amazing tour. She is full of life, this woman. So I had to bring her on the show. I hope she's um, ready to go. Cynthia, can you hear me? You know, I, I know you just gave me a lovely introduction, but I could not hear all of it. But uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a go if we can't handle this with the hearing problems at this end, okay? Okay, okay, very good. All I, all I told our listeners was that you came from Salt Lake City in 2015. But what I'd like you to tell us, Cynthia, is why you came to Israel um, as a retiree with your husband. What prompted you to come here? Okay, well, actually, I wanted to come for about, like, 40 years. I kept trying to talk my husband into it every year. When I was a little girl, we had a picture of our cousins who were in Israel, uh, on a kibbutz, um, and we kept it on the fireplace on the mantelpiece. And um, we just kind of looked upon them as heroes. We knew they had fought in the war in 1948, the War for Independence. And uh, I think all three of us kids, uh, were, there were three of us siblings, were just, um, we fell in love with Israel. We just knew that was where we had to be. And uh, my brother is married to an Israeli girl. My sister is here in Omer, and I, of course, finally got here after 40 years of working on my husband. So I'm here because um, <laughs> I just, I love it here. I'm a Zionist. I wanted to build the nation. Unfortunately, it's pretty built now. There's no hardships, thank God, anymore. But um, this is the place to be. This is the home for Jewish people. It's a haven for people that have trouble being Jewish in some parts of the world, and I just wanted to be here to help make it happen. And took me a long time to get here, but I am very happy to be here. Okay, wonderful. You said a lot of a lot of good things there, things that we really don't hear so often. Uh, one, that it's not hard. There are no hardships here anymore. I love that. You, you are right. And comparatively, um, for what it was years ago, 40 years ago when you wanted to come, today it's just a different world. Israel is a first world country in many, many respects. And you're correct. It is not a hardship. And when people make excuses saying it's hard, it's hard to do this, it's hard to do that, it's, you know, Israelis and, and maybe other people, they really, they don't understand it, they don't want to hear it. They're like, what are you talking about? It's easier than it's ever been. Um, I actually had some questions prepared. And one of my questions, what has been hard for you? Can you can you share that with us? I mean, you, you said it's it's not hard it used to be. You did make a change later in your life after being an American forever and you moved to the south of the country. I know there aren't that many Anglos down here, especially where you live. What do you consider that a hardship? Have there been challenges for you coming at a late age? Share some of that with us, please. Okay. Um, the part that's hard coming at a late age um, is that I did not grow up with any Hebrew, and I had taught myself to read Hebrew, 
But, of course, you can decode the word and say it. Of course, you may, there are the vowels. You're probably mispronouncing it. And then, like, if, it's, if I decode banana or broccoli, I'm in good shape. But if it's a word I don't know, um, I find the language is the problem. Uh, reading bank statements, doctor bills, um, or doctor write-ups, that sort of thing, that's really the only hard part because uh, moving here, well, it's really, it's delightful because I can go to the supermarket and everything's kosher. I don't have to read any label. And right. so for me, it's great. And um, uh, it's there, there's really nothing difficult about it except the language. And I must say, with Waze, which was, of course, made up by Israelis, you can't get lost. So <laughs> it's right most of the time. So, um, you know, I can get around, I can drive around, and um, we have Hugin here where I live that, you know, I go to an art class, and uh, tomorrow they've asked me to play the piano for um, uh, an art exhibition uh, that they want a little entertainment. And um, I've learned how to do mosaics because I'm retired. But it gets down to uh, everything is wonderful as a retiree because, you know, I can do what I want. Um, the only hard thing is the language. I think if you can come when you're younger, if you have kids and you have to take them to the parent-teacher conference or to the orthodontist or to their judo lessons, you learn the Hebrew. And for me, sitting at home with the temptation of the television, that is not a great way to really immerse in the country and learn the language. I think that's really, really important. But... Um, you know, really, other than the language, there's no drawbacks. It's just great to be here. I've come home. Um, I'm, I'll tell you, the people that have lived in Ghana Omer, when I came here, some of the men had worked, uh, uh, had, um, had served in four wars. And the stories that they would tell of the early days of this country, I mean, they were just incredible heroes. And another friend of mine worked on a kibbutz in the north for many years, and she worked with chickens. And she really built this country, and uh, to be among people like this who came idealistically to forge a nation for us, for the Jewish people, I just think, like, I'm so lucky to meet these people. It's a wonderful experience. And the other really fascinating part about it is that Jews come from so many different countries, and I am having the time of my life experimenting with recipes from many nations. So I just think it's um, it's just a wonderful feeling to come home. That's what it is. Okay, well that's that's wonderful to hear. Um, I'm actually I, I just love hearing your uh, your your take on this because I, I agree with you. It's true. The people you meet here have done things that are just beyond anything um, that we would experience in the states. These you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I love everything you said. I agree with everything you said. Um, I have some more questions for you. Uh, like your daily life and your daily routine, living in a place like that, I guess you call that a, a retirement community, a 55-plus community. Um, right. What, yeah, what, what is your day like and, and what is the makeup of the population? Do you go out? Do you go out as a group? Is everyone really on their own there? And and if you are on your own there, it's, I know it's a, like an independent living. You each have your own home. But as you get older and as people get weaker and maybe need some um, assistance, is that available at a place like that? 
Um, what they have, first of all, I don't know how active it is because, thank God, I haven't had to use it, but there is a buzzer in everyone's home, and if you push it and you have fallen out of your bed, let's say, and you can't get up, um, they send someone to pick you up to help you get up. But um, there is a, um, they have Maccabi right here, and they have Kali right here, and so you don't have to go outside of the gates to get medical service. Um, we have a little tiny store here, La Colette, I think you call it, and mm-hmm. um, so there's a little store, like a, it's a little super stall, and um, so you can get your basic stuff here. Um, there are um, a, lot, a lot of people use cabs, but I think they have a bus every other week or something to go grocery shopping. We have a car, so we drive. Um, you can walk. Uh, it takes 10 or 15 minutes to walk to the center of Omer, where there are, you know, grocery store, flower store, cleaners, Doar, uh, post office. Um, so, you know, you don't stay here. There are people who are still working, um, and then they have a lot of activities, a lot of hugging, um, you know, writing and music and and for older people who maybe need a little help from memory classes. And when you do start getting more frail, um, most people start qualifying for a metapellet. And maybe in the beginning they get two hours or five hours. And then as their needs, like if they're falling, then they qualify for something. If they can't make their own food, they qualify for something. And so people mm-hmm. have um, a metapellet and if they if they haven't needed for more than a few hours, if they need it round the clock, so then they can employ on their own uh, with, you know, whatever government assistance there is, they can have a metapella 24 hours a day, which is, you know, what many people here do have. And people walk with their polycones, their walkers, you know, or whatever they need. Um, you know, and there are benches on the property, so you can sit and admire the beautiful flowers or take a rest when you need it. And... Um, it, it really, you have to get your own help with the, with the help of the government, of course. It's not done by Gane Omer, but we do have a social worker here to help with that. Good, um, good, good. That was my next question. Okay, so yeah, it's like a real full-service uh, facility. It's, it's really yeah, good. Uh, Gane, they don't have a full-time social worker, but she's here enough hours, and she is such a wonderful person that if you have a problem and it's, she's not on, she's at home, she will write you back right away. She's just a super nice person. So you never feel like you're all by yourself. I think, you know, everybody has their own opinion. But I just feel that the community has been very supportive. And um, I'm very lucky. There's such a nice group of people. And uh, I just find it exceedingly interesting. Of course, one of my hobbies, I'm in an ever-going um, shiputz mode. So I want to, I love, um, I love architecture and I love fixing things and changing them and making them better. So a lot of people do she put theme when they move in here. So one of my favorite hobbies, I have to say, is going around and when I hear somebody with a hammer, I go in and I say, man, I come in there, I look and see what's being done here. So, That's so fun. funny, Cynthia. Look, we're going to have to cut it short. We're out of time, but thank you so much for coming on the show. And if uh, I get any questions, I will forward them to you. I, I, I think this probably will draw a lot of interest. So thank you so much. Have a great week. The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar, she's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. I love talking to Cynthia. She is a woman full of life, very, very intelligent. And like I told you, she lives down here in Omer, where there is a retirement community. And if any of you do have questions for your parents, for yourselves, please email me and ask at natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com. And I will try to answer your questions and I can even pass them on to Cynthia. She is uh you know a, a vessel of knowledge and um she will help she will help us okay our next guest who is waiting on the line is shabby helte this woman came on aliyah in 2015 with her husband evan we interviewed evan a few weeks ago he told us all about life in remote that's where they live in remote they have i think four maybe five children um and shabby is a chef and i um, think she's going to tell us how that Evolved. I don't know if she came here as a chef, but she has become a chef and a pretty well-known one. So, Shabby, welcome to the program. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we were finally able to do this. Um, I, uh, I know you have a very cool story, and I, I want, if you can, to just you know, slowly tell us, you know, I guess from the time you left Canada... Um, and, and how your your life has evolved since you landed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we came on Aliyah um, with four small children um, from Toronto. We came straight to Ramot, and um, in that time we've had another child. Um, my husband brought his business over from Toronto. Um, it's actually still based in Toronto, but he runs it from home here, and I started my business anew um, in Israel, and so now we, we're very privileged to raise five children in right. Israel, and loving it, like, loving it every day, I really feel it's the best decision we ever made, and I'm still not used to it, um, <laughs> and... Yeah, just very, very happy here and very glad. Okay, so all right, let's get let let's get okay. So it just sounds perfect and roses and sunshine and that is great. But let's just get down to the nitty gritty, if you don't mind. I mean, it can't it can't be so perfect. So I'm sure there have been some hardships, and maybe you know you just roll over them, and you're the type of person many of us are. You know, you just go forward, you just keep going. Um, What you know, what I think is amazing is you you both came over. Um, and you're so lucky that one of you had work and didn't have to worry about work. You figured it out because he could just, you know, sustain what he already had. How about you? What, what happened on your end? Um, it, it, it was really a challenge, but I think I didn't realize what I was getting myself into when we left Canada. Um, I didn't realize at the time how much I was leaving behind in terms of my career because I really had just started to get going. 
and started to build like a loyal client base in Toronto. And I guess I kind of took that for granted. So when we moved here, and my Hebrew is not so great, and um, food-wise, all the different kashrut issues that you have in Toronto, it's multiplied by 10 in Israel. Um, and just starting completely fresh, um, nobody knew who I was. Um, still, very few people know who I am here. I'm working on that. But, um, you know, just marketing myself and, and starting from scratch, starting from zero, um, it has been very challenging. Um, okay. That's more like it. That's okay. Yeah, that, that's little, okay. being real. And, and <laughs> that's being real. Part of it, okay. Part of it's my fault for not learning Hebrew better. Um, if my Hebrew is better, I'd, it would be much smoother. But, you know, it's a work in progress. Okay, okay. Well, good for you for, for sticking it out. So you were, what were you, some kind of caterer in Canada? Is that right? So I did, I... I I was essentially a personal chef. I was doing cooking demonstrations and um, like Shabbat catering. I do I do Indian food, like authentic contemporary Indian food, um, and that's it's a very small niche. So in the kosher world, at least. So um, yeah, in in Toronto, I had a little client base, and now I'm trying to grow it here. But I'm um, very lucky. Good, at least in Israel, there's such a there's a bigger demand for. Indian food. There's so many Israelis who travel to to India, and uh, yeah, yeah I would think people. so. I I think it's amazing. I mean, we've been looking for Indian restaurants. I live in the south, and there's like one, maybe. Um, right. I would think you would be, you know, extremely successful. And your your English will get you the English and the Anglo clients, which I'm sure you've already discovered. Yeah. Yeah, the English okay. the English is good because that is it. That's a huge market, in and of itself. Um, right. But I would like to feel like a real Israeli again. Real talk. Um, it's hard to feel like an immigrant, and um, yeah. you know, the better my Hebrew gets, I think I'll feel more comfortable doing business with Israelis, and that will make me feel more settled. Um, so working on that all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, that's going to be a lifetime. Effort and I'll just tell you, you know, we you said something very funny just now. You said, I want to feel like an Israeli and I want to be an Israeli. You will, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I mean, we're never, you, me, we're never going to be 100% Israeli. We didn't grow up here, we didn't go to school here. Our, our vision of the classroom is very different than your children's visions of the classroom, and, and your memories are going to be, their memories will not be like yours. And you have to just know that and, you know, accept that and be okay with that. It's just a fact. You're an immigrant. You're an immigrant. Your children mm-hmm. are, but they will adapt. And their life will be different and in many ways easier. But you have the eyes of the world. You have the eyes of an experience beyond Israel. And you can mm-hmm. share that as much as you can. You have to, you know, share that with them and share that with your clients. And that is your... Uh, I guess you could call that your calling card, and you will, you know, use that. Use that for the for good. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it takes a lot of strength. I think the, it's interesting because my parents are both immigrants to Canada. Um, I grew up with my mother. She came in from Iran, and my dad made um, immigrated from India. 
So I grew up with immigrant parents, so I have some of that experience, um, what my kids are going through. And, like, they weren't always able to help me with all the homework. And now, you know, I struggle to help my kids with their homework, but because I ended up okay, <laughs> I know they'll be okay. And um, I, right. I appreciate so much more that my parents did that and came over to Canada when oh, they did. that's so great. Now I realize how hard that's that great. must have been. Yeah, yeah. And your children will also appreciate that, and you. And, you know, um, many of us, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. I can't help my children with their homework. I cannot. And when I'm called to those teacher conferences, I tell them, to, and to my child, I said, I'm sorry, you know, I cannot help them. I cannot right. help him. He has problems with this. You know, give him a yeshiva student. Get him another classmate. Get him a tutor or something. But it's not going to, the help is not going to come from me. Right. And they... You know, and they help, and they come up with a solution. They are also, you know, it's funny. We all think, oh, the Israelis, they have it so easy because they have the culture and they have the connections. And in many ways, yes, it is easier. Life is easier for them. They get it. They have the culture. They have the connections. They have the experience. And, and they just know who to ask and what to ask. Um, but there are Israelis with problems, too. And you know, they have maybe different struggles, maybe financial struggles or um, struggles of, you know, you, you come up from a very sophisticated world, you and your husband. He works online. You're this fancy chef. You probably know how to handle sophisticated clients with, uh, you know, difficult and demanding, you know, sure. um, demands, right? There are Israelis yeah. who... You know, they, they, they probably don't understand what you guys do at all. They're like, what do you mean you both work at home? I don't understand. You know, you, you have that. You do have that. You have an advantage. Uh, we all do in many ways when you come to a foreign country. And you have to just work that. You have to work that advantage. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, we have our, our weaknesses. Yeah, the language. Okay, the culture. Um, yeah, that's, we're going to struggle the rest of our lives. We are. So we yeah. can do it. You know, you're not alone. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of us. It's it's I I think it's a it's a good to struggle in this way. Yeah. You know, I'd rather struggle okay. here than anywhere else. Right. Right. Me too. Well put. And your children are watching and um feeling it, you know, and for good or for bad, right? Yeah. They, uh, yeah. No, they, I hope they feel I hope they, they appreciate it. That's really the dream. Like not just that we're making Aliyah, right? We want our kids to love it, and we want our kids to stay here and raise their kids here. Otherwise, what's the point in all this, you know? That's the ultimate goal. So please, God, that, you know, our love of Israel should spread to them, and they should appreciate it like we do. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Political Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We are continuing our talk and we're probably going to be wrapping it up with Shabby Helte, the chef from Toronto, who was just telling us how she um, has, you know, she made Aliyah and she has been developing her business over here. And, you know, Indian food, Indian kosher food, I am sure is in demand. I know that is so hard to find and she is succeeding with the Anglo community and I don't even know where, but you know, I'm thinking all the Anglo communities and all the people I speak to, Modi'in, Ranana, Efrat, Beit Shemesh, Yerushalayim, Ramot, um, that's enough to keep you busy. I mean, those, you know, Malay Adumim, these are big communities and these people eat out, they have functions, they have tons of smachot, lots of children, bat mitzvahs, weddings, and maybe just the, you know, now and then anniversary surprise, right? I mean, I think it sounds like a, like a very exciting business. And I'm sure you're, you've been successful and I, I hope you continue to be successful. Um, and if there's any way the show can help with that, for sure, you know, like I'm so excited because I have an anniversary coming up the end of the summer, 25 years. And now, of course, I'm working on ideas, so I will be giving you a call. All right. Yeah. Um, be in touch with me. You can reach me on my website, com. Ah, well, say that loud and clear, please. Say it again. www.spicykosher.com. Awesome. That is great. That is great. Okay. Um, tell us, uh, you know, you, you kind of made Israel and your aliyah seem pretty smooth. The only hardship you've mentioned was the language. And it's funnily, you know, it's, it's funny that the interview right before you, the woman told us the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've both made it here despite not having Hebrew. And there are people who don't come on the show and say, you know, I really don't speak Hebrew, but you can, you can be fine here without it. I like what you said, how things may have been easier and you'd be, you know, you'd feel more Israeli with it. And I, I think that's true. We've, you know, we've had people come on the show and say, prepare, 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 you know, learn some Hebrew already, learn Hebrew before you come. So what advice do you have for our listeners who are thinking well, about making Aliyah? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I feel that we really did right, that has really helped us. It's that we found a community that we really gel with. Um, we we did our pilot trip. We spent three weeks, and we visited all the places we places we meant to visit. And nothing really, um, I don't know. We didn't really feel the vibe anywhere. And we ended up in remote kind of by accident. And we just felt suddenly at home there um, with the Anglo's that were living there. And we felt like this was a community that felt familiar to us. And based on that, we we settled in Ramut, and it was really, um, I think, the, the strongest thing that we did to keep us in Israel, because we have a community where we really feel at home, we have close friends, and that social aspect, I think, is um, maybe a little underrated, because that feeling of, of belonging and feeling settled and, and having strong social connections that it makes such a big difference. I feel like it made a much softer landing. So, yeah. okay, so our Hebrew is not good. <laughs> and that would really help us if our Hebrew is better. But um, having made good friends here has been, I think, uh, that's my advice on, on what we did right. Um, well, that's you know. good advice. But what did? How, how did it happen by accident? How did it happen by accident? Um 
I honestly, I, I can't even remember what brought us to remote. We didn't know anybody here. I honestly can't remember. I think, you know, like with anything, there's hashbacha pratit. Um, so I'll chalk it up to that. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, once we got here, we really went with gut feeling. And Interesting. Now, when you did your pilot trip, and I don't think these are done anymore, and um, because of uh, Corona, they just stopped. I don't think they'll ever happen again either. But, oh, you know, know people that. do come here. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think people might just come and rent for a year and then kind of, you know, look around. That's my advice anyway. Come for a year or rent for a year before you buy it, you know, look around. But maybe what you did was you looked around during those three weeks and you had a list of communities and Mm -hmm. maybe remote was one that you had not given any serious thought to. And maybe like you said, you didn't know anyone, but maybe that not knowing anyone had you um, at an advantage in that you didn't have any expectations. Right. Yeah. We definitely didn't know what to expect out of Vermont. And mm-hmm. we had only met two or three English speaking families when we came to visit. Um, and just based on those three families, we, we made the choice. But it's interesting you said to give it a year. Um, we actually gave it two years. And that's another thing maybe I would advise is um, just knowing myself and that it would take a long time to settle in. And I felt like a year wouldn't be enough. We would still feel kind of unsettled. We'd still miss home. Um, oh, no, no, thought, no, no, no. I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean give it a year, like give Israel a year. I mean, go, you know, move and rent a place. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Anyway, I mean, right. for three years, yeah. five years, I don't care. But don't yeah. run and buy into some place that you have no idea if you'll hate it or love it. Rent right. a place so you don't have such a commitment. That's what I mean. Sure, sure, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it took us, like, it took me two years to kind of mentally settle in to life in Israel. Yeah, that's pretty good. Two years is pretty good. I was, you know, my husband, for four years, he wanted to move back. I remember. And um, it takes some people longer than others. And, you know, your circumstances. Um, That's pretty good. Two years is not long. It's not long. Yeah. It's also taking, it takes getting used to the mindset of Israelis. It's, it's such a culture shock for some people and less so for others. I was actually born in Israel, so there's part of me that is is pretty Israeli, um, and I adjusted a little bit more to the culture than my husband, who is like third-generation Canadian, and he still struggles with Israelis sometimes. It's hard. Um, so, Yeah. Just, well, uh, let's hear this. Well, we have a little time. So, of course, I want you to explain what that means. What does that mean? Like, what what does he struggle with that you don't struggle with? I mean, it, you were born here, but you're not. Let's just tell me. Tell me. There's, there's <laughs> you know, the little cultural things that, that make a big difference, like, um, like the attitude when you're driving. You know, the way Israelis drive, it sounds like such a minor thing, but <laughs> when you're driving every day... And, you know, it, it makes you crazy very easily. It's a thing that you really have to get used to. It's just practicality, right? Um, well, you mean like you know, aggressive driving? Is that what you mean? Yeah, aggressive driving or even just the customer service. Um, how there's no customer? You mean how there's talk. no customer service? <laughs> no customer service. <laughs> there's like, a, it's a joke. I, I, let, me, let me explain to our listeners and jump in at any time if you have anything to add. But when you call... Um, a service provider here, you know, your internet, phone, bank, healthcare, 
what do you get? You either get a menu, is it like Arabic, English, Russian, maybe English, right? Hebrew. Or you get someone, if anyone ever answers the phone, and they're like still talking to somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's never yeah. like an announcement of who they are. There's never like, hello, you called Bank Aleph, may I help you? No, no such thing. No such thing. Right, right. And the, the customer is never right. Also, yeah. you the have customer's to never right. to that concept. Yeah. That's a concept here. Yeah. It just yeah. goes on and on. I mean, and they, this kills me. This kills me. You're calling to speak to Moshe, and Moshe's not there. So what do they say to you? They say, Moshe's not here. Call back in five minutes. I'm like, um, here's an idea. Why don't you take a message and ask him to call me back? Unheard of. Right. They can't think of that. And it's pretty funny right. because they don't get upset with me. They go, oh, no problem. And they'll do it. But they don't. But they don't do that on their own. It's like, it's never been trained here. That's like not a thing. <laughs> like, I learned that growing up in my house. You know, my mom's not home. May I take a message? It's, it's just, it infuriates me. Right. Little yeah. things like that. So little, little things like that. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It takes getting used to. It takes getting yeah. used to for sure. But it doesn't, yeah, it takes getting used to and we can fix it. We can change it. And don't think you need to like give in to their lack of customer service. They can learn it. There's nothing wrong yeah. with these people. They definitely can learn it. Yeah. Um, I believe they, yeah, that's, I that's something we I need agree. to do. It'll evolve. It'll evolve. Yeah. 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 So wonderful. Um, I, I really am glad you were able to do this. I wish you all the luck in the world with your business. Thank I'm you. so excited to have met you and found you. And <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> whenever people find you, you they, they, they think they have this, you know, secret because yeah, finding um, is also, you know, finding kosher Chinese, finding kosher Indian, uh, you know, it's so great to be in Israel and everything is kosher and you can find all the best food, except that you don't find yeah. kosher Indian. <laughs> so, yeah. That's uh, really nice. Okay. So if you have any other advice, aside from the language, which, you know, I know is your big thing. You have like one minute to, to tell us, to sum it up. And um, I would love your, you know, you, you have such a rosy outlook. Maybe there is one more thing besides, oh, no, you actually told us your community. The community is important. That's a good one. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's, yeah, that's actually more important than the language. That actually is more important than the language. Because language really doesn't turn you Israeli. It doesn't. Right. right. Um, it's cultural. It's cultural. And yeah, if you're happy here, it doesn't really matter what language you speak. You just need a couple of friends, you know? I think that's true anywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, but you did it then. You answered our questions. And, um, you know, if I get some inquiries, I'm going to pass them on to you. www.spicykosher.com. That's with Shabby Helte from Canada, authentic kosher Indian food. Right in remote okay. near Yerushalayim. And I guess you deliver. You. I don't know. Do you deliver? I deliver, I do private parties, and I do weekly meal prep services. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, that is great. So. You heard it here first, people, at Israel News Talk Radio on my show, Returning Home, Spicy Kosher. Well, thank you so much. We're out of time. Have a thank great you. week. You too. Thanks so much. And all the best. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? 
At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Garst from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 